Hi everyone, this is Louie. Just a little forward before the episode starts. We talk about Resident Evil 3 Remake and Final Fantasy 7 Remake quite a bit. There are full spoilers for the entire game of Resident Evil 3 Remake and spoilers up through Chapter 6 of Final Fantasy 7 Remake, so you're warned before you get into it. Alright, please enjoy. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Podosaurus. I'm your host, Ken. And with me, we have the man of the hour, Lou. Yo. And the lovely Timbertaev. Why, hello. I'm so happy you noticed. I don't know what to say after that, but how are we? <laughs> this is just like dead air. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing I mean, well. I, I could be better, but it's whatever. Yeah. How about you? I'm alright. I am learning the lovely ways of unemployment. It's great, isn't it? You yeah. just kind of sit at home all the time. <laughs> just sit at home, kind of mulch on the couch. I'm just like always on, I'm always at my desk. I try and like leave it sometimes, which I think it, it's kind of a result of me not going to a lot of other people's streams after my stream, but I'm like, I have to leave my computer. I have to leave from sitting in front of my computer all day because I'm here sometimes for 12 to 14 hours. I need to walk away. Yeah. I'm actually the same way because I'm working from home now and I have my entire like desktop set up for work in the same office where I have my stream stuff. I basically will finish work and unless I have to stream that night, which last week was a reprieve from because of on-call, I actually took the entire laptop rig and just went up to my bedroom and it was really nice being able to just like be in a different room <laughs> with the computer. So you're living with your parents right now during this. Um, do you still have your race car bed or do you were you upgraded to like a real bed as a teenager? Oh, man, I think I did have one of those like kind of not a race car bed, but it, it was something weird. I don't know. I, I did have it when I was really young, but I don't even remember what it looks like at this point. I had like yeah. a standard twin size bed that has been <laughs> around for like 20 years. I don't have a childhood home to go to, so I don't have anything like that. Mm. My parents have moved far too much since then, but I never had a race car bed either because, you know, poor people. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I even, I don't even know if that memory is real. I think I remember playing, like, the Toy Story, like, interactive game, and I saw, like, whatever that kid was in that movie. He had, like, a race car bed, and maybe I just, like, Im impressed that on my childhood memories. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, that was me. I had the Woody, and I, and I had the bed. That was my Buzz Lightyear. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I had, you had a the Woody, and you had the bed. <laughs> Why? Why do you do this? You're the one that said it. You're the one that made it bad. I had the Woody, and I had the bed. And that was my Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> God. That was the, the most buzzed Lightyear of my life. That sounds uh, so wrong, Timber. 
Anyway, I don't think I had one of those. I just had a normal bed like normal people. Are you saying people that have the car beds are not normal people? Well, I'm implying by that. That I mean, sounds yeah, really classist. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they grew up to be professional race car drivers. So, I mean, that makes them, a you know, not normal doesn't have to be a bad thing, guys. Like, they were extraordinary, right? They were they were molded from a young age to become what they are today. I'd love to see the statistical analysis of how many people had race car beds and how many of them became actual race car drivers. That can be the next thing, the next focus of your video because... Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, because that would be a lot more interesting than The Witcher. Oh, you d- you don't think The Witcher's interesting, huh? This is your hot not take, really. huh? Not into not, not in not into good video games, huh? No, I just don't like it. And like, they didn't even get Han- uh, Henry Cavill to like come and voice him in the game, so I didn't really care. <laughs> Henry Cavill's just doing an impersonation of that girl. I like the books. I'm reading the books currently. The books are good. I, the game. The I game's heard a good lot of too, people but... in Poland don't like it. Sorry. I heard. I heard The Witcher's not really popular with people from Poland. You heard that from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it keep going to your stream, ironically. Oh wow, yeah. I don't. It was just really. It hasn't really happened since. I only had a couple of people that did that, and it was definitely. I'm pretty sure they are not like. I don't think that we should consider that a representation of like the people of Poland as a whole, but uh, <laughs> apparently there are definitely. I think it's kind of like what happens here, right? Where like, if you have something that got incredibly popular, especially when it's, like, incredibly popular for your culture specifically, mm-hmm. there eventually hits this, like, critical mass of just, like, no, that's stupid. All of you who think that Game of Thrones is the greatest, you're dumb, because there's a lot of you. <laughs> like, I don't know. After a certain point, when it gets too popular, people just start going, I I shouldn't like it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want him to play Zero. Oh I really want him to play Zero. Um, Timber, you should play Yakuza. I would love to see. I want to see. I want to see Cap and play a Yakuza game. He's actually doing um, Animal Crossing now. And, yeah, I know. I, I did jokingly it. said in his chat one day that he should play Animal Crossing, and I was immediately told by three people, "No." <laughs> well, I DM'd him and suggested it, and then he did it. So, I it's, think uh, the last. Last time, I think he's going a week in between and only, and not playing it offline. So, well, so. well, if it if it brings you, you know, if it brings you some satisfaction to know, I think his views are like way up with Animal Crossing. So. Oh, great! No, whatever he does, I'm happy for him. So, like, I think I think it was a ultimately was a good call. It's kind of like what if you took Bob Ross and then put him inside of a room with a flowing river. And all the walls are are literally there for him to paint on, and then he just talks for the next forty eight hours while painting this whole room. <laughs> That's to be honest, on like Animal Crossing's one hundred percent his speed, a game that literally takes an entire day to you know progress something. Except here's here's and... the thing, my I think my favorite observation from him was so you know. I'm going to try to make progress here, but this game really likes pointing out the fact that I'm a degenerate and play at hours that normal people don't play. So, like, he's going to progress so slowly because he'll never have the shop. He'll never be able to actually sell things at the proper shop. He'll have... He'll... Does he just, like, give it to, like, the... He should really set his switch, like, change the... Other hemisphere. The time in the hemisphere in, like, the, the, um... 
time zone to something 12 hours from when he streams. So, like, say he's, like, you know, starts at, like, 11 p.m. It'll be 11 a.m. for him, and that way, like, he can do stuff throughout the day. I, I think Animal Crossing in general is starting to slow down for people. I've noticed less people are talking about it in Discord, and oh yeah, I'm just starting to finally see people do less and less. Like, because I'm at, like, 120 hours, personally, and, oh, I'm, nowhere and near. I'm on the low end of the people I know. I'm nowhere near, but the th- but the thing is, I I didn't, you know, I th- I feel like there's a lot of people that played the game, you know, not not telling people how to play their video games, but kind of wrong, right? Like trying to grind out all the all the rarest things and trying trying to like complete Animal Crossing. Um, it doesn't. It's best not played that way, you know. For me, I yeah. get I get a lot of pleasure out of this as a pop in pop out game. When I have nothing else that I can reasonably do in 30 minutes, I can at least get on Animal Crossing to check my turnip prices. You know, there's there's this element of... Are you of, playing the stocks market? I am playing the stocks market. Stocks. Yes. All the stocks. I was so happy when I saw that pun. When she said it, I was just like, oh my god, they did that. Yeah, yeah, that's been a thing since the original one. I never I never played very much Animal Crossing, so this was a lot of... A lot of things wonder- were kind of new for me. I wonder how that translates into to, or into Japanese because the stock market is 100% an English pun. Yes. Cuz but like how do they do it in Japanese though? I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I'll have to look that up too. My my friend is playing it in Japanese and of course she she's born she has a switch here in America. So of course mm-hmm. it did the Nihongo Jozu to her yeah. when mm-hmm. she played it in Japanese and she was like, "Oh my god, it's because it's I so am funny. Japanese, you idiot." Don't worry, everyone. We're not going to sit here and talk about Animal Crossing the whole time. Don't we? We actually have other stuff. No, to talk no, about. we won't talk about the whole time. But it is something that I want to talk about because a lot happened in that game the past week. We did have like an overlap of the Bunny Day and Sakura Tree events, like over and fishing of, and fishing tourney. Which so not only during the fishing tournament was it timed to three minutes, you could still put um catch eggs. And he didn't count four. <laughs> oh no! See, I missed the fishing tourney. I remember it was like seven p.m. on Saturday, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna get on Animal Crossing to do the fishing tourney now." And I, I had Alchemy oh, Fox on the other side of the line. She's like, "It stopped at six. I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> so that just flew right by for me. Fishing uh, tournament, other side of the line. Uh, the big event for me was Bunny Day, which everything had been building up to with all the eggs and uh fuck bunny day i got all the things i got them why you you actually bothered i couldn't even find that stupid guy i could never find him he was only there the first day and the last day only the first day and the last day okay like i was like going around trying to find him every single day and i was like what the hell is this creepy well it's a good thing maybe i never see him because I, i hated that design in general i mean he, he was supposed to be like the cringy bunny that's kind of what they were going for and it worked for me like a lot of really the, the timber taft of bunnies some of the some of the things that they had in terms of like the the items you could get like it didn't necessarily match the aesthetic that i was going for in my house necessarily and i and i know that i'm going to change it but it, it's kind of just like in real life where it's like okay i'm going to decorate the house for this holiday uh I have a really nice bunny house now that has like the bunny wallpaper. It's got like a bunny rug. There's some mm. uh there's there's like the bunny dresser, got some some garland on the wall. Like it's just so I'm, vibrant and colorful for this event. I'm I'm texting my girlfriend making fun of you. 
I also, um, you know, that arch where you could like make the the like the bunny walls and the bunny arch. And, yeah, uh, I have I have that running alongside my house, and I almost feel like I want that to be a permanent fixture because it's so fun running through that tunnel between like it's basically a tunnel between my trees, which makes it a very convenient path for getting out of my house without having to like think about how I'm going somewhere. So it's just like zoop, uh, in and out, very nice entryway. But yeah, to me, it was a very nice side project to have while I was also constructing my first three houses for my villagers. So I got all the all the houses built up, uh, and I also got three villagers to live in them. I caught some coelacanths while I was out searching for villagers. Um, sorry, coelacanths. I always pronounce it wrong. And I also, I don't know, it was just, I got very lucky with my trips out, so I caught, like, the several... My girlfriend keeps saying coelacanths, and I keep thinking of coelacanths green, so I'm just, a pet, I'm just like, picturing her <laughs> catching these fish that just, like, start sing, singing fuck you to her. <laughs> I also, I I've made been... fun of her. I told her that you made all the, all the bunny day stuff and decorated your house with it like a pleb. <laughs> the stuff sucks. It's, it, I mean, the thing is, I'm still at the point of the game where I don't really have a lot of other options. I haven't Let's unlocked all the other and, like, and just, like, completely renovated your town to be a dinosaur museum. I mean, I'm getting there. I'm going to renovate the whole town, and I'm probably not going to be as into Bunny Day the second time around. But for... I keep moving people's houses and stuff like that to make room for more fossils to set up. I have two distinct fossil parks. I have Dinosaur Park and not a Dinosaur Park. They're very distinct. Eventually they might combine, but I have to move the museum to do that. I, don't know. I, I do have a pretty normie village right now. I, I have plans once I have terraforming to, like try to make it into like some kind of mist level sort of thing mm -hmm. since I did name it after Tamana. But before I do that, it's it's a normie village where I'm just trying to make it aesthetically pleasing and somewhat infrastructurally sensible. Oh, why did you send me apples, by the way? You said I got an egg and you sent me apples. Well, I was going to give you eggs, but I'm not allowed to mail those. So I gave you apples with a cryptic message to lure you in. My girlfriend said your house is horrifying. My house? Yeah, because you put up the bunny days. <laughs> but it's cute. It has all these cute things. I finally have outfits for my Star One, but I don't have any shoes for most of the outfits, so i got to figure that one out. I, I have the best villagers. Like, just hands down, my villagers have got to be, like, the best you could have in the game. Like, I got Al, right, the gorilla. He's super cool. There's this, this anteater that's, like, the exact color scheme of my channel okay. that I pulled in. Pango, I think. His name is Pango. Like Pangolin? Her her name is Pango, yeah. Like Pangolin. Yeah, like Pangolin. Uh, and then the third one... Boy, who was the third one? Yeah, they're so great you forgot their name. Well, this one, she was just really cute. Mm -hmm. she, dang it, I don't remember now. Oh well, but... They're all amazing and far better than Kyo's villagers, so... When mine, when Rodney moves, you're going to come over and you're going to take him. Which one's Rodney? I'll tell you when you see him. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ken, do you have anything to add about Animal Crossing before we like talk about it the whole time? Actually, I was going to move on from Animal Crossing into other games <laughs> that we are playing. Uh, do we want to get into the the big ones or just like a general what we uh? Let's go into the generals first week? because I know once we get into the big ones, we aren't going to stop talking about it, and then we'll <laughs> we'll forget about everything else in the wave side. 
Well, I'm just going to go right out and say um, all I've been playing the past week as far as things notable are Animal Crossing, Resident Evil 3, and Final Fantasy 7. So the big ones. <laughs> so the big ones. So the big ones, pretty much. Yeah, so, that's what I have to ask. So uh, we'll leave you for big, last, then. Big fish man over here. Big fish. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Timber? I mostly played Animal Crossing, but if we disregard that... I've also been playing The Witcher, because I've been streaming it for various reasons. One, because I'm trying to cover it for my YouTube channel, and also because I'd like to make at least some decent progress in it. If you've watched my channel in the past couple of weeks, you probably noticed that I have been very, very stuck in that game. A lot of people have been like, wow, it's a really hard game. Like, Timber's not, like, not making progress in this at all. And there were several tears of, dif- of like realization of difficulty as I went on. There was the first tier where I spent like probably the first dedicated week of Witcher just trying to like crack this um, this quest line in Act Two on my own. And at the end of that week, I went, "Okay, I'm caving. We're gonna pull out the guide. I'm gonna have it on hand, and we're gonna figure this thing out with the guide." So the next week comes along, I have the guide. And, and, I, and I still can't figure it out with the guide. I'm sitting there w- trying to read through this thing and it's saying, all you got to do is go and talk to this guy and it's going to help you. Uh, it's going to clear the name of, of, of Maze, Maze the guard man. So you can, so then you'll be able to, to finally complete the entire quest line and be done with it. And I was like, that guy isn't there. That guy doesn't exist. You know why he doesn't exist? Because in my decisions that I made in Act 1, he died. The character that the guide told me I needed was dead. <laughs> so I'm sitting here going, I can't bring him back. What? They can't have a soft lock in this quest line because I made a different choice in the first act. What do I do? Um, so that was me for another week before I finally found a wiki that deconstructed the entire quest line and helped me realize a couple of things. Uh, The first was, yes, that character is dead, which means that there are two character suspects in the quest that I literally cannot vindicate. It is impossible to vindicate them because that character is dead. But I can complete the quest line by clearing, by at least talking to all of the suspects about their suspicions. One of these characters is a merchant called Louvarden out on the dock front uh, next to the city. Louvarden wouldn't let me question him, and I didn't understand why. I didn't know what I needed to do to get him to question me, and after hours of trying to figure out how to progress this, I eventually realized that I had never talked to the unnamed guard inside of the dungeon cell who I talked haven't talked to since the start of Act 2, who had an additional line of dialogue that after inquiring with him updated my quest to be able to then question Louvarden, which then led me to being able to have the detective who had previously fled the town come back into town to give me new evidence that would allow me to go into the graveyard so that I could find evidence that would help clear the names of all of the other suspects that were impossible to clear anymore. My brain hurts. <laughs> I cannot believe this quest. Uh, it is known by the um, it is known by the community as the most difficult quest in the game, and perhaps one of the most convoluted quest lines ever placed in a three-dimensional RPG. So, once I get past this, once I get past this, the rest of the game should be a lot 
easier and probably better. I'm almost impressed by this quest line. Like, there's so much about it that's really cool. What's not impressive to me is its lack of telegraphing of information to the point where I'm just... I'm just baffled that it never says, hey, uh, I don't think I can get any more evidence for this character. Like, if it had told me in the quest line, I don't think there's anything I, more I can do with this guy, then I would have known, oh, I can't do anything more with this guy, right? Like, I could drop it. But because that never happened, there were characters who I could not clear, who I kept trying to clear, because I was like, well, there must be something. Like, modern gaming dictates that every quest is completable in some form or fashion. Uh, so, yeah, in, in general, anytime when it comes to the underlying systems of that game, things are jank and bad as hell. But when it comes to ideas, that game is, is so so rich in, in just, like, quality concepts, right? Like, the concept of a living, breathing world is great. The concept of having this big, sweeping detective quest line where you have to find evidence and clear the names of suspects, that's all great. The concept of having to to go across different areas to collect components and information about these characters, and because their lives are different, they may end up in these other locations, and you just will encounter them and be like, oh my god, these guys have like lives, and, and they, they're all over the place. I can't just expect them to be in one place. That all sounds great. Until you put it to paper and you realize that all of those things will negatively impact your experience if it's not properly conveyed to you. And that game does not know how to convey information properly. Is It's it's kind of its core fault. find it enjoyable, just frustrating. Oh, that's a lot about The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like trying to... Are you going to play The Witcher 2 after you finish The Witcher 1? So, yes, I will probably have a break between them just because I don't want to go Witcher to Witcher. And I also don't know if I'm going to finish the witcher one like it really does depend wow. on well it depends wow. on it depends on on wow. like i'm just it de- it depends on what it's going to do to me if i get another suspect line quest like this which i don't know if i will because i tried not to spoil myself i mean i don't want to get stuck for another month circling a city uh trying to find the the one npc that i didn't talk to but I do want to see where the story goes. So it depends really on audience interest. If people are going, man, I hate The Witcher and I hate watching you play The Witcher and I hate you for playing The Witcher, then may- maybe not. <laughs> right? I hate you. Well, I don't hate, <laughs> I hate you, you, but though. I don't feel like tossing a coin to you, though. That's really oh, my true. God. I even reduced the amount of points it costs to toss a coin. How can you do this to me? <laughs> but yeah, just The Witcher and Animal Crossing. Just The Witcher and Animal Crossing, and I watched the Chronicles of Riddick movie. Wow, riveting. Uh, Riddicking, I've been actually. Watching, I've been watching Twin Peaks. That's something that's not game-related I've been doing. Twin Peaks. Is it your first watch of Twin Peaks? Yes. If it, if I say I'm watching something, it's my first watch of something. <laughs> Kyo has emerged from his video game cave to experience the... the uh, this thing called television. Well, we replaced Star Trek Next Generation with that. Okay. We're still in the 90s right now. What do you think of Twin Peaks? Does it? How does it compare to that game with the jelly sandwich? It's the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> I thought when people are saying, oh, it's just Twin Peaks, I'm like, there's no way. This has to have some weird, sweary stuff in it. It's mostly just Twin Peaks. 
Amazing. I love the main character. Everyone in town is either cheating on each other, scheming against each other, or planning to kill each other, or killing them too, or all of those things combined. That's, that's the whole thing. The only person not doing anything illicit is the main character, who is just a weirdo. Who likes his jelly sandwich. He doesn't eat jelly sandwich, they eat donuts all the time. That's true, he's the donut guy. The jelly sandwich was something else. You're thinking of the sinner sandwich. The si- Yes, yes, there it is. I think it's like... Oh, what was on the sinner sandwich? It's like... We got a, we got a like DM a binging with Bobish to make this thing. Okay, so you need turkey, strawberry jam, and breakfast cereal. Breakfast cereal, that is... Oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. There was actually a place... Um, that I think kind of try to do a take on that near where I used to live. Um, they, when, by breakfast cereal, they used uh, Captain Crunch berries, and they put that on top of uh, I think it was peanut butter in a bun. So it was peanut butter, Captain Crunch berries, and a burger patty. Hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. See, I can see turkey and strawberry jam going together, and depending on what kind of cereal, it'd be fine, like you know, bran flakes or something. But they don't specify what kind of breakfast cereal. Probably Fruit Loops, man. They, okay, they have birthday cake Fruit Loops now, and they're gross. You've eaten them? Well, girlfriend likes everything birthday cake flavored, so I convinced her to get them as a joke because they're $2. They are horrid. They are horrid. Oh. Birthday cake stuff usually sucks, and it's a terrible flavor. Maybe I don't know why, why she $2. likes it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the story's just like, please. They're like, even though we're in a yeah. crisis at the moment... This is the only thing not flying off the yeah, shelves, yeah. and we <laughs> really need it to fly off the shelves. No, this 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 has been happening to me too. Where I will like go to the store and be like, okay, I gotta buy I gotta buy stuff, and I gotta buy it fast. So like, I'll grab things that exist on the shelves, and then come back home and realize the reasons why these things I grabbed were inferior yep. <laughs> versions of what I wanted. Like, oh, I could really use some some vet, V8 vegetable juice in the house. Get home. Oh, it's the hot and spicy low sodium version of V8. <laughs> Vegetable juice. I'm like, no. Ken, what, you, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've been playing actually a lot of games because <laughs> just all the free time I had. Uh, I got into my old Final Fantasy 14 habits, which is pretty freaking bad. So I wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning, play Final Fantasy 14. I stop at around 12 to go eat lunch. Then I play Persona 5. And then after Persona 5... It's like around four, and then I play Final Fantasy fourteen till like eleven p.m. and then I play Persona five for like three hours, and then all of all of that I'm also playing mobile games. I'm playing the Card Fight Vanguard Zero mobile game that just released a couple of days ago. That's a horrible mobile game. Don't get it. I love Bushiro to death, but even I can't play that game because it is. Now, it's based off a card game that I personally play already, and they changed a lot of rules to make it mobile so that it's easy to understand. And all the cards are through coins, and you can pay actual money for coins. And I'm like, why am I paying for money to, for actual card or for digital cards, which I can, besides getting the actual physical cards for a game that might not even matter? Well, it might be the future because we can't do do anything six feet within each other so uh. that and they might have um trouble with production for uh cards at the moment as well yeah so i've i'm just like uh, I'm, I, I i don't i can't 
I understand with that game, but I can't support it. They just had a Japanese tournament. I was watching the Japanese tournaments also, which was fairly interesting. So, besides Final Fantasy XIV, Persona 5 Royale, I did manage to fit in Resident Evil 3 in that lovely schedule too. Well, well, there's a reason that you are able to fit that one in so quickly. Oh, uh, yeah, but it still took me about like eight and a half hours to finish. So... Uh, it's it still took me a little bit chunk of time, but I finished it within like two to three days, and that's like fast compared to like any any horror game. Oh, I'm, have you you still haven't finished seven? Yeah, I, still, I haven't finished seven, and I'm doing uh, doing that, and then Days Gone, and Days Gone is more of a horror game than Resident Evil Three did. That and that's, that's saying take. a lot of things. That's a hot take. That, that is a hot take, and Dead. Timber, do you have anything else to talk about before we just go into RE3? Let's see. You're going to talk about Resident Evil 3? I, I, no, I don't. The, all, I, okay. all I did was The Witcher and, and Animal Crossing. Do you care to hear spoilers of Resident Evil 3? No, because I have played the original. Okay. So, okay. Well, that will be interesting because... Coming from, from me, I, I haven't played the original. So I don't know what is missing or what is new, but this game... <laughs> feels like there's a lot of things missing and it feels like doesn't an ab- it, uh, it feels like an abridge and it doesn't feels- it doesn't it just feel like something's missing even if you haven't played it but the original because you're just like it feels like nothing happens yeah it felt like oh they wanted to make a, a full-blown expansion for two and this is what the experiment ended up being and I haven't played three. I never played Nemesis because I I don't play horror games so I don't know what is missing but I would feel like oh, half a day goes gone when that when the chain happens when the gate falls. Half a day is gone. Couldn't you play as Carlos during that time? Couldn't you play as Carlos holding Jill up to that hospital? There's like a lot of things. I feel like it would be interesting to play as or play through. Besides getting a cutscene and. Even though the the gameplay, like, there's something wrong. Like, the last three Nemesis encounters, th- there was something wrong with that camera. I died in that arena fight. Oh, How many um, times? Yeah, no, yeah, it's intentionally, it, it zooms in really close to you for some stupid reason. It's dumb. I don't know why they do it. it I noticed it around the, 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 when you face his new form the first time. I was like, wow, the I, camera kind of zoomed up really on her assets, if you know what I mean. I think a little the bit camera more. zooms in to hide, them tele- to hide them teleporting Nemesis. Because, at least for how it works, Nemesis the character, he is an amalgamation in this game of a bunch of other frames and animations from the previous game. He's basically a souped-up Mr. X, so the main tyrant from RE2 Remake, that style where he, like, you know, giant big man chasing after you, walking straight in the straight line towards you and punching you. But then he also has the ability to do liquor moves, which is one of them is a teleport and jump in front of you, no matter where you are, and then hit you with um, his tentacle whip, which is how they hit you with their tongues. So he's like a mixture of those two characters minimum, plus being able to use weapons. So I think in the other forms when they have them, it's because he's teleporting around the arena and they don't want you to know where he went because you see him like run in front of you then magically he's on top of the clock tower. How did he already get there? It's to hide the fact like that. And then in that, that like penultimate boss, it's to hide where they're hiding him. Even though Carlos just tells you where he is. Yeah. It's to hide that. 
it's it's so weird. And is Carlos kind of a dude bro in the original game too? Um, he's always been kind of like that, but this version of him is really good, actually. Yeah, so I I like Carlos in this game. This is like my first exposure to him, and I was like, oh, do we get to play as him in any of the other games after three? Or he's never come back. He's he's people never want, people back. would like him to come back, and with him being in a remake, there's a good chance of him possibly popping back in like a side game or potentially or it could be a potential main entry i mean they could use this to build up the existence of carlos in like resident evil 8 or something because they also got like one of the most handsome men in the world to play carlos oh really and everyone's in love with him yeah he's uh, and jill like the the cast everyone's like in love with the cast too bad the game's kind of terrible yeah jill jill was always the preferred side for me so she's like super sassy in this game though she's like really i like the 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 carlosless world and she goes okay i i really like that line (laughs) that that line was like i was laughing i was like oh wow they actually kind of went into thought about the the character interaction with this game this version of Jill is just very done with everyone's shit, and she not she has no time for it. She's like, I'm trying to to like get out of the city and save as many people as possible. Which spoiler? She saves no one. Yeah, <laughs> she saves no one. <laughs> I was. <laughs> she doesn't save anyone. So, I don't know how it was perceived in one remake. I I would mm-hmm. assume that she was a little traumatic from one, and that's why she's kind of just done with everything. In one, she's like everything's shocking, so she's kind of like in shock most of the game. Like she's still like you know, the characterization in the first game is fairly limited just because it's a bigger cast and like throughout the house, and like there's not as many cutscenes in that one. But it shows her like this game kind of like explores at least in the beginning, kind of maybe elements of PTSD or just like her trying to process everything. And I thought they did an interesting job of like adding that into the intro, but like. Her in this one versus her in the original three are very distinct. In three, she's more like hero type. In this one, she's just like, I hate everything. Everything's terrible. We need to get out of here. And I like, she's ready to go. She's ready to go. And she's just like, she's the first one. Like where like they have her use a lot of profanity. They like they've done this with all the characters where they just like respond with a lot more. I guess natural speech where you would say, "What the fuck is that?" And she's more of like that type of character now, more blunt and brazen. Reason? I don't know if that's why I read for that. But, like, they have that more in this one. And, like, what was I going with this? Where's I going with this train of thought? I lost it, I think. They made her catty. Yeah. I feel like that has a negative association with it. But, like, they made her more confrontational. There it is. Mm. She's more confrontational in this one. Like, like she she's less trusting of Carlos in this one than she was in the original. She wasn't trusting of him, but she's like still very like she comes around quick like quicker to them to him in the original than she does in this one. Like he'll even call her at one point and he's like, Oh right, partner, she's like, I'm not your partner. Oh, I see. Oh, and but, she probably broke in like eight ribs in the span of the first like three hours of this game. Oh yeah, she's like she she in a train that crashes. She jumps out of a train in the first game mm. or in the, the original game. Well, not only that, well she she gets blown out into bars. She blown off a roof onto a raffle a, a scaffolding. Like there's a lot of thing that I'm like, ooh, ooh, this is honestly uh, between her and Nemesis. I don't know how either of them are even are with him living. being a gigantic monster. Like 
did not get like severely damaged during this. My loss of disbelief was especially the roof. And then the car oh, accident, the, the car accident, I was like, okay, she can be kind of like, she'll definitely have internal damages from that, the car scene in the beginning of the game. She's just running on adrenaline the whole time. Yeah. But I do want to point out something that you said earlier when you're like, it just feels like something's missing. Like, if this had come across as, say there was no original RE3, and mm. people are like, what did Jill do during the outbreak? And then they made this after the remake? I could see that scenario making sense why it is what it is. But as a remake, they cut out so much stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, you know... I don't know if she says it in the beginning of this one or not. I kind of forgot. But in the original one, they were heading towards the clock tower. That was the way out. That was the highest point in the town. That's where there was supposed to be an evac helicopter, things like that. So you actually went through the clock tower. In this game, they cut out everything at the clock tower section towards the end and replaced it. No, like they don't mention go to the, the clock, clock tower. tower. They, it, she specifically mentions the train and then getting the train online. That's what I... yeah remember the story for the most part and that's like, weird because that's like a... basically like the ending plot of two was like we like that was where the train was like the important thing yeah so they kind of just kind of kept on with like how that was like but you were going towards there because that was the evac helicopter and like you even find a note that talks about like how the you know they like you know talks so much about the clock tower and you get there and you have a boss fight then you get knocked out and then you swap back to playing as Carlos. Which, I like it. They added a, an additional Carlos section, and they expanded his character a lot in this. And I like that. Like, you even go back to RPD as him, which was nice, because Jill went back to RPD in the original. So, like, having a different character go that wouldn't know anything about RPD is kind of nice. Like, he's going there, he's like, I don't know what this stuff is. So, even though we've already seen that last year, having a character that didn't go there before was kind of a nice, interesting take, because... If you went back with Jill, you like it was a straight line, get your thing, get out. This was different. This was a different scenario entirely. Oh, so Carlos didn't go back in the original game? No. In the original game, you eventually, Jill would go there because she's trying to get the, she gets either the Magnum or Grenade Launcher. I think she gets information that there is an evac helicopter going to the clock tower there. And then that's where you get one of the gems, like one of those um, gems, which was a puzzle to move on. Which, this, they made it an optional thing to get extra stuff. Yeah, like I thought that was weird. I was gem. like, why Why do I need a ruby gem to get a grenade? <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be a puzzle to open a door. All the puzzles have been taken out. There's like three puzzles total in the game. And it's being generous calling most of those puzzles. It, it's, it's like so weird. Like I do like Carlos's interaction in in the RPD. Like when he yeah. meet, he sees the the door, he he like what you were saying. Also, like if a normal person reacted to things in the RE world, they would say these kind of things. I like the fact that he goes, "What the hell is right, what this?" What did he say? He's like, "This is a weird fucking door." Yeah, he says something along those lines, and I'm like, I I chuckled at that. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, there's some sort of normalcy with this." <laughs> It's just like having, like, effectively the normie character go back and look at it. You don't have to just be like, Jill would just have ignored everything. She would just made a beeline for what she needs to get because she worked there and then leave. So it did some things interesting, but, like, it cut so much out. It cut out some of my favorite parts. Like, the park is gone. Um, the nest, too, where you go into that lab, which is a joke of an area. It's so streamlined and, like, nothing's in it. 
that was actually an underground water treatment facility. So like that was a completely different area. I think it was another lab type of thing too, but it was its own unique place. They completely scrapped that. Um, Nemesis, the doggo form doesn't exist in the original. Okay. I was happy they gave him another form, but like they just used it twice. Yeah. With the same exact boss fight copy paste of the second time had zombies in the arena. Yeah. Uh, that it irritated me beyond end. the the penultimate one with that because yeah. I didn't know about the zombies <laughs> because Carlos didn't point it out. And I, because the camera was so up to Jill, you couldn't see anything and I got a snip from behind. Yeah, I feel really bad for the people who do knife only because at least if you're doing like normal guns for that, you can like, you know, shoot them with, you know, Rock grenade launcher or something and take care of it if you're doing knife you just have to keep dodging them because it's not worth it to kill them and just hope nemi kills them instead also did this did this game harden your nerves uh ken just because it seems to me like the last time we talked about re3 it took you like hours and hours to get through the demo but it sounds like you were able to make pretty good headway into the the full release did you just kind of get used to it, or it's it still took me eight and a half hours, and I'm pretty sure that's still above average from what the usual time is. Isn't like that average time like six hours? Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I beat it in five and a half on hardcore. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't but, like the like, sewer I part. People... I got lost in the lab. Oh, I got lost in the hospital too. The sewer is like three rooms. But yeah, it didn't really help that I didn't know how to do the the those creatures, the gammas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They cut out entire things like um there's a boss called Gravedigger in the original, which is a gigantic worm that's going through and tunneling through the city. I don't know if you remember in two, um there were a lot of like uh like like the a lot of sinkholes and stuff on the street where they like fell through. Mm-mm-mm. Like that stuff happened in the originals, like in two and three, but it was because Gravedigger was going underground, like digging up the city and things were exploding underground. They and they, they just completely cut out that character entirely. They that did that with, with Resident Evil 2 Remake as well. Like, for some reason, any animal-based viral boss was just ripped out of these games. Like, mm. they took out the, the spider. They took out, basically, the the gator. Like, the gator's there, but, yeah. The gator's a cutscene this time, basically. Right. So, like, um, I, don't, I don't know what they have and... against the animal bosses. Spiders are still gone in the remake, but they replaced, uh, they added, like, the whole, like, power management area, uh, where you go before, instead of just having zombies outside, and then since there's no spiders in, like, the sewer and stuff, they replaced them with these, like, insectoid kind of monsters that, like, impregnate you with, like, uh, like, uh, they shove something down your throat, like, one of their, it's like, like a xenomorph. It, it's very veiny, and it shoves down your mouth, your, your throat, and impregnates you, and you have to eat a green herb to spit it out. And that's the only type of bug thing we have. So that's a new enemy to replace the spiders for effectively a similar idea. So that's okay. It's just like, yeah, if it was anything just organic and large, they got rid of them. Oh, wait, the, the, those spider things were new to this game? Yeah, those are new. The way the gammas are presented are completely different. Um, what what, what about those those hunter, those green reptilian? The green hunters are, those are basically the same. Okay. Those, those are the same hunters that have been in one, they were in three. But the Hunter Gammas are like, they were redesigned. They used to be little froggy looking boys. Mm. Now they just look like a giant worm. I think they're cool enemies. They're just underused. And like, it's they're a gimmick. 
everything yeah. in the game is pr- pretty much just a gimmick he, as part they, of the problem. They caught me off guard the first couple times, and that's why it took me a while because I was trying to avoid them. Mm-hmm. And then every single time they do the attack animation, they caught me in a corner and I died. So yeah, because they um, they if you try and get past them, like you can dodge past them, but you have to dodge past their tail because they spin around and knock you in front of them. Mm-hmm. They're trying to force you forward, so you just have to kill them. Mm. Oh, I did like. Carlos's dodge mechanic, though his his perfect oh, his... dodge, where he yep. just does a falcon punch. <laughs> like honestly, amazing. the game is fun to play, but as a remake and as a coherent story, it's terrible. And some stuff does fall apart. There are a ton of cutscenes in it. The beginning of the game's cutscene heavy, so I don't think that would be a huge problem for anyone that's not a speedrunner or someone playing the game over and over and over again. I thought the beginning was effective. It's just. Watching speedrunners, I think they counted it today. Lucy counted it, and he had he counted twenty three cutscenes before you went through the the um, the gate and you left like the train station to go out into like the beginning area from the demo. Twenty three cutscene skips. Uh, I have a, a a question then. How did the game originally start? If if this is all new, so it started similar where your nemesis didn't come after you initially. Nemesis showed up later. I, I'm pretty sure she ran out of her apartment and like there's an explosion and she ran into the warehouse and met Dario, the guy that goes into like that container that safe. And then she yeah. and that's her like kind of the base. It's not really the base, but that's like you can go back there a couple times. And then she went and she. uh You can go and your goal from there is eventually you meet Carlos and them. You're trying to get the trolley. So that train up and running. Mm. So you run through the city, you go to RPD, you go to the gas station, you go to. In office, you go to the the um, newspaper building. You go all around the city, and it's like it's not an open world, but like you're only restricted by the items you have. So, like, say you don't have the like your main thing is you need to get to RPD and get the lockpick. Once you have the lockpick, almost everything's open for you to get to, which it um which actually confuses a lot of people because it's so open compared to two, which is not as open, and one's not as open. Three, it's just like you're on a city and trying to navigate the city streets with a terrible map, too. I had fun with it, and I want to play more. I think I might even learn the speedrun for it because it's fun to play. It's fun to play, in my opinion. It's just a terrible remake. Yeah, so that that that's the thing, too. So I'm like, I I I had fun with it, and it wasn't. It was a little bit actiony than I would have imagined it to RE3 be. Three has always been very actiony, though. Oh, okay. But okay. never, like, like, but never like that action. From someone that usually doesn't play the older games, so playing this this remake specifically, I was like, "Ooh, this is a little bit more actiony than I would have thought." It really feels down gameplay wise. Like it still feels like a toned down RE6. Because like you can see everything. Like give it another couple games, and if they keep up this style, we're just gonna have RE6 again. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I can, I can kind of see your base with that because with with two, and this is the reason why it took me so long. It it felt concise, hmm. and it felt the the ambiance of just the RPD and everything around that felt much more cleaner. Well, well, three, it is a pretty game, and it's a little bit more open ended. It just felt actiony because of that because they can just plot a bunch of things and a bunch of events in these certain areas like yeah that you're on a straight line the entire time except for the opening area you're basically on a straight line the game just pushes you 
at a certain direction. And especially once you hit the train, everything's a straight line after that. Mm. There's nowhere else to look. I would assume the over the end action parts were brand new, like that whole mascot the, thing? the 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 mascot falling down the head rolling down the the staircase i assume that's new that never happened yeah because you also didn't go to like a shopping like district that's all a new place but like you would deal with like how nemesis in this one just seems to be in certain times of the game he once he was introduced he was a persistent threat he could just show up basically how mr x was an re2 remake and how nemesis is an re3 remake swap those for the other like you know those ideas for the characters and that's how you got the originals oh I see. Classic. yeah because um when i heard that re3 was going to remake my friend who did play three was like oh no i don't know if i'm going to get this game because i don't like the fact that nemesis is going to be following you all over the place but then when i played mm-hmm. it i was just like what are you talking about he only appears that certain parts and once you get at them you get kind of a a breath of fresh air so to speak at certain points of the game and he only shows up and be a threat at those parts of the game like the rocket launcher part it was really stupid but i like that cutscene where he drops and gets a rocket launcher though like like, this scene is cool but like it was stupid he has stormtrooper aim that entire cutscene the entire section yeah 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 and like I mean, I can go on for days talking about this one. I think I'm actually going to do a video just, like, of my thoughts of the game. But, like, at least just last thought on this one. Like, uh, like they, I really expected more of a reskinned RE2 in every aspect. But basically, we got, like, the gameplay's reskinned and everything else is toned down. Yeah, but like I said earlier, it seems like it's a, a 2.5. If yeah. that, And I'm pretty sure, for the most part, they try to get this out with uh, project resistance and yeah, I think it looks that, like they didn't think that that could like survive on its own yeah and i think that's why they were kind of rushing and it feels like toned down a lot of things like if they kind of gave it another year and to make it on par with two i mm-hmm. think it would be a much better game in my opinion it, it felt like the building blocks were there but it was just left there unfinished in my opinion they felt like that project resistant was already was already there and Mm -hmm. they wanted to get that out already yeah i think they also just want to get them out on this generation so that zero through seven were all in one console in some way shape or form every main series game including the revelations games are all like playable on like the xbox one and ps4 oh well code veronica you have to get as a dlc on it's like 360 on the ps on the xbox one but like you there's a download version for the ps2 and ps4 exclusively so like the entire series is on ps4 Mm-mm-mm. i see what yeah would you be mm-hmm. open because like i've been hearing the rumors of the four remake kind of popping up now would you be interested in not not a four but another gaiden game so like like code veronica or zero i'd be okay a... with another stuff Oh, like having a remake. I don't want any more remakes. Stop. Just stop. I want something new. I want something new. Like, because the next game we're talking about is another remake. Like, the the biggest games I can think of, like, in the past two years are RE2 Remake, RE3 Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's it's not 1997 anymore. It's not the 90s anymore. I want RE8. I want Final Fantasy sixteen. Even though I like Seven Remake, I want something new. I know, like, 15 sucked, 
for Final Fantasy, but I still want to see what they could do next, not retreading. We're going to get on this with Seven, but yeah, Tetsu Nomura is really pissy about that still. Yeah. Do you want to move on to Final Fantasy? Because Timber, I think, Timber, are you back? Final Fantasy is a thing. Timber, did you play Final Fantasy Seven at all? I haven't played, no. Have you played the remake? No. This is really weird. This is an episode where Timber has nothing to talk about and Ken does. Yeah, I have a lot to talk about this episode. He's he's all over. I could tell you I could tell you who I could tell you so much about Final Fantasy X right now. Do you want to know about Titus's uh shorts? We can talk about those. No, but <laughs> I swear like... to god if I have to dodge two hundred lightning bolts again, I think I'm gonna go fucking crazy. <laughs> well, have, how far are you in the seven remake? I'm I'm almost done. I'm okay, I'm only done. at at chapter six, I think. So um, we'll, I'll maybe we can be lighter this time, and when I finish it by the next episode, we can talk more in depth. Yeah, like I'll try to avoid the twist and everything. Like the twist was the thing that got everything up and running, and it makes me. We'll, we'll talk more about this the next episode, but we'll, I'll like to see what they do now, and it makes mm-hmm. me anticipate for the next episode. They did a. They did do a kind of a thing where oh yeah this is what's gonna happen and who knows kind of thing yeah i heard there were flash forwards in it because i think that's part of one of the questions i got so i get a little bit of a spoiler from just my questions from discord yeah i was kind of I, I read that and i was like ooh, i i hope that you don't get me. that's not a big deal yeah that's not like a huge like because like well i figured it's something either at the end of the game or during the game they'd probably allude to what they're going to do next because people are like because this whole game, at least background for this, Final Fantasy VII's episodic remake. Um, each game can be like a 35 to 40 hour long game, more or less, they kind of said. The first one takes place in the entirety of Midgar, which is not even the fir- the whole first disc. They've completely expanded Midgar, so like, when you start the game, like you would like kind of stay on a straight line. Well, you're on a straight line, then you get to like, um, isn't it Sector Seven the slums? Yeah. You get to Seventh Heaven, and that's kind of like a hub. You will leave for story stuff and come back, from what I've noticed. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, like, I got there, and the first thing I did, here's, like, here's like six side missions. You can do them, or you can move on with the... Like, they wanted you to do, like, a couple at least, and then move on with the story. I just did all of them. Yeah. And, like, moved on. So far, I'm enjoying the game. I just finished what I thought was the worst section so far. But everything they've added in, I've really liked. And mm. I've never finished the game, but I have played at least this much. I have played to the end of disc one before. And that's so, funny because your opinion from the last time we talked about Final Fantasy VII was that Midgar is your least favorite part of the original Final Fantasy VII. It is. So and they I still made find it Midgar good. Boring. Oh, okay. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> you still, it's still not great for you. Well, see, like Midgar is boring because I don't like the drab darkness of it. But all the hub area stuff, there's so much that happens during the day, which never seemed to happen in the original. Like everything seemed to happen at night. Or just when it was dark. In this one, stuff happens during the day. Like, you go, you get an apartment as Cloud. You go get an apartment living next to Tifa. And, like, they've expanded, like, the side characters. Like, did you know Jessie is a, was a girl in the original game? I didn't know that because she barely talked. In this game, she is one of the most flirtatious, sassy gr- girls yeah, like, I, in the I series. Yeah, I love Jessie. Jessie's probably one of her. the best, like, new things that they kind of indulged a little bit more on, on this game. Jesse is probably one of the best things that I love. I love the original cast, the, but they did no. so much good work with her. 
I love the Avalanche crew. Like the three Avalanche members you barely get to know. Mm. The first, up until I think about hour five or six, I was kind of just palling around with them doing random shit. There's like a side mission that um, you go to help them prepare for like the second reactor bombing, which is something you did the first game, but you didn't go and do this preparing thing. Jesse convinces you to like take her to her parents' house or like, you know, up on the plate. And then um, Beavis and Budhead keep come with you as well. And you you have like one of the weirdest sections in the game, which is was was there a, like a G bike part of the game as well in the original? Mm, it's been years. So I'm, it's not coming to mind because I don't remember if it was in the game or if it was just a side game type thing. It might have been just been a cutscene type of thing. Yeah, but you do this like mini game where you're on a motorcycle and Biggs and Wedge are on another one, and you're with Jesse. And you have to fight off Shinra guards, which it's kind of a whatever minigame. But they introduce this character named Roche. And Roche is basically the anti-hero version of Street Cougar from Scryde. This man, <laughs> his sexual preference is his motorcycle. And he is a fantastic character and I love him. No, because you can tell he is aroused by his motorcycle. And his... Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know who he loves more, Cloud or his motorcycle, because they're he loves both of them almost equally but this character is what if anime was a man and this is a completely new character like to go with this whole side thing and i'm like this makes me so excited for what they could do with random stuff they throw in because i would i expected basically what happened to re2 and re3 remake or at least like re2 where they just kind of played it by the book and then changed a whole lot of stuff to like simplify it and this is just like no we're gonna overindulge in certain sections and add more shit in. And I'm oh, like, yeah. this is very self-indulgent. This entire game is so self-indulgent. And that's so that's so promising for the rest of the series. Just the knowledge, like, they they knew that they were undertaking what would be one of the most critically analyzed remakes of all time. And instead of being faithful to the original to a T, they actually tried to improve it in ways that you might not have even like realized it could be improved upon like the fact that they actually had the audacity to say hey let's look at final fantasy 7 okay how can we make the best game of all time in some people's opinions a better game and then kind of succeeded it that's really incredible so you know Lou, when we get to the twist i i would like to have a conversation with you about the twist because i i felt like i i can finally I will finally be able to put that joke out of originally what I was going to say. But when the twist does happen, it's it's interesting. And I'm curious. Like I don't want to rush through the game, mm. but my girlfriend's been enjoying me playing it because I even asked her, I'm like, oh, do you mind if I you know play this because I need to get footage and stuff instead of yeah. watching Twin Peaks? And she's just like, I've been enjoying this. Can you keep playing it? So far, gameplay-wise, I have been enjoying it. I've been playing as Tifa, who apparently just dies all the time. I mean, I cannot keep her alive. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Life. The memes are, are great, though, where they're like, all right, Cloud with the, like, 11-foot sword, Barrett with his Gatling gun, Tifa, fists out. <laughs> like, hey, man. I, mean, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you, you have to respect the, uh, like, if someone's going out and, like, everyone's pulling out weapons, they have their fists, you should be scared of that person. <laughs> they are confident enough in the face of weaponry to just go hand to hand you should be scared of that person 
You know, it's it's funny. Like I I had this comedic thinking. Like you know, they're on the there there there's a scene where they're on the train, yeah, and they're trying to be like, oh, we're trying to look for these people. Why don't you look for the guy with the bright blonde spiky hair with the giant freaking sword, or the guy with a gun for a hand and question him, even if you don't think that they're they're part of anything. <laughs> One of my favorite parts is like when you're leaving from like the first like beginning part and after yeah. you meet Aerith in the street like you did in the original, mm. you're like fighting some random guards and then a cutscene happens and the guy's like, one of the random Shinra guards looks at Cloud and he's like, hey, I recognize you. It's like, no shit. He looks like a main character and also he's he's carrying a gigantic sword with that spiky blonde hair. How many people do you know like that? Yeah. How many people do you know that have that unique sword on them? Specifically <laughs> that sword. <laughs> In in a soldier's first class's uniform, how how many people do you know like this? Because Roche wears a different uniform. Yeah. He just looks at him and like, he's... dude, amazing cloud cosplay. <laughs> it's just like, how do you not know who this is? Like, uh, like I, I'm, try, I'm trending lately because I, I don't want to spoil things near the end. But yeah, it's just like, oh, I, 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 <laughs> how do you not recognize him? <laughs> I just like you have like the suspension of disbelief that like you just have to understand everyone in that universe is stupid. They're all dumb and they all have face blindness. I mean, that's kind of the implication of like the underlying themes of that game as a whole is just like the world is as it is because people are are stupid and bad, right? So, oh yeah, and mm -hmm. by the way, I love hippie Barrett. Oh, yeah, Barrett, like, it's really weird. It's it's kind of jarring to hear him actually being very profane, but I'm like, this is weird. I wonder why they added in him. I'm like, oh, well, they're just showing all of the profanity or having him say it that was, like, you know, bleeped out in the original dialogue. He's yeah. just speaking like that now. Yeah. And that's why it feels weird. Yeah. I, I love Hippie Barrett, though. <laughs> that, that was one thing. The planet's dying, yo. <laughs> It's 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 so entertaining. <laughs> one of my things, one of the things I saw on Twitter was everyone kept calling Tifa a narc because she's just like always constantly remind everyone that what they're doing is wrong. It's like chill, chill, Tifa. What are you going to do? Rat on us to the police while we're blowing up the reactor? You goody two shoes. Oh, they let Aerith say shit. Whoa. Oh yeah, that that was something that caught me off guard. Whoa. <laughs> like in the first thing, she's like, oh, like I forgot what she said, like some kind of shit like that. I'm like what? Who who let you say shit? Next they're going to let Isabel and Animal Crossing say fuck. Like, it's just it's a slippery <laughs> slope now. Yeah, we're getting so there. So I'm wondering, because, like, everyone was complaining about an RE2 remake and RE3 that all the women are so foul-mouthed. I'm like, they let they let Aerith say shit. You have no idea how bad it's gotten to have you guys. Yeah, the, the <laughs> most purest character in all of Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's just... It's 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 uh, interesting. I've I've been enjoying it, and like I said, they, I can't I can't wait to see what they have next cooked up. I just really want at least one of the installments to have Crisis Core content, even if it's just like uh, oh. like a couple hours section of you going back and just doing some shit as Zach. I'd be happy. I also heard that the that the remake kind of has a um, people have described it as a Kingdom Heartsy battle system is that oh definitely oh yeah, yeah. no definitely awesome awesome, when, awesome when they originally thought of it they were like oh well let's 
we don't want to do something normal for this game. Let's bring in the Kingdom Hearts 3. The the person that did it was the Kingdom Hearts 3 direct, battle director. Okay. Like, so, it's fun. It's, uh, it's kind of hard to get a use, used to. Yeah, it's so I different one, from what it used to be, but... I have a couple issues with it. I hate the fact that your your character, or any of the characters, it, for them to like build up ATB gauges, they have to be active, because it takes forever otherwise. And they even said you don't have to switch beforehand, but you have to switch just to get them to have, like, you know, any amount of ATB bars. You have to have an ATB bar to do any skills, magic, or items. I hate that it's tied to items. That's stupid. And mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you die and you come back and you want to heal, you don't have an ATB bar because yours got wiped out because you died. Hopefully someone else has one ready to carry you. And I really wish you could play as someone else in the overworld when your whole party is there because I play as Tifa in battle. And we run around as Cloud. When battles happen, the camera snaps over to Tifa. And say you're over, like, right before the end, you hit the you uh, land the last blow, punching someone in the face, like, you know, yeah. on the other side of the room. Well, Cloud's, like, five, you know, five meters back. <laughs> camera snaps back to him, looking the other direction. And you're just like, where did I just go? Yeah, just snap back to Cloud while you hear Tifa in the distance going, I could really use a shower right now. And uh, she she says that all the time. She's like, "Oh, I worked up a good sweat." And if she does that, like anime girl fist pump thing one more time during a cutscene, I'm, like, I'm gonna drop her into like an abyss. She does it so much in the intro. It's that little thing. I don't even know how to describe it. Where like, it's it's not like a like a like in the air. It's like right next to her where she like makes a fist and like does that strong pose like that girls do in anime. But she does it so much. And then, like, Cloud just doesn't move. He has no animations. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you when your character's, like, central ideology is brooding and amnesia. It's like, what what can he emote right now? <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's seeing right now. I do want to ask you one bit of spoiler, I guess. Um, this is just gameplay-wise. Do we eventually get Aerith on our team? Yeah. Okay, because I was wondering, because they have it set up, It's do you have to like kick someone out, or do four people go on battle? No, you kick someone out. Okay, because I was wondering, I'm like, I assume you can, because I thought I saw on the wiki it said playable characters, but I'm like, I also didn't know where it stopped. I'm like, is this when she gets shishkebobbed, like, that you the game goes until? Because I don't remember where Midgar ends. And I don't know, like, what they consider Midgar, because, like, for me, I'm thinking all of disc one, so I'm like, I know it doesn't end when she gets shanked, but, like, I... I couldn't remember, like, when that even happens. I think that's pretty late, and I, I would be surprised if it's in this first, if it's in the remake. It's it's, it's not, it doesn't, because Midgar ends before that. That's after you leave Midgar that all that stuff happens, because I think yeah. you go to the, the City of the Ancients or Temple of the Ancients or something at some point. I'm just curious how they're going to do, like, the world for the next few games. You think that she's gonna swear when the when the big scene happens? She's just gonna say, <laughs> "She's just like fuck." Uh, yeah, like when when it finally happens. Spoiler alert: when she gets stabbed. <laughs> I feel gonna... like I ch- I try not to like mention that now because I, I would know still a whole yeah new I would still players. I would still like almost his... not mention it. I, I have people from my generation who got upset when I spoiled that. Like, there are still the floaters out there that somehow didn't hear this spoiled for them. Well, somehow they haven't seen that that, uh, that issue of EGM or whatever where it just had that scene on the front of it type of thing. Like, <laughs> I, it's always surprising. Like, how have you avoided this your entire life? Because uh, a streamer, I think Marforia, 
she didn't know that happened. I think I'm like, how did you not know? She's like, well, no one, I never ran into it. I'm like, on the internet though, no, no one's, no one's ever made a stabbing Aerith joke to you. Oh, right. Like in order to keep the intensity of that scene alive for me, I just made sure to give, never give myself the context of anything around it, so mm-hmm. that it'll still have an impact for me when I go. Who was Aerith? Okay, now I know who Aerith is. Um, what's my attachment to Aerith? Okay, that's my attachment to Aerith. Why is this shocking? Okay, that's why this is shocking, right? Like, there's so many pieces that I don't know that just knowing that it happens isn't enough for it to be a spoiler for me. But hmm. yeah, I, I wish I want to keep talking about it a lot, but like, I don't think I'm far enough that I could talk to you about it without you accidentally spilling the beans. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to say things because there are things that, well, yeah, I, I'm trying so hard not to, like, float around my words here with, <laughs> with going about how the future might happen. <laughs> oh, man, I want to play this so bad, but they're not PS4. Or I can wait a year because there is a PC release in March of next year. Oh, well, is it in March? Yeah, they they officially announced March third, twenty twenty. Yeah, because I think Sony has it for like it's a, a year yeah, it's a, it's a it's a limited exclusive before full release. So I... before full release, just I can't not think of that in lewd terms. <laughs> uh, I hope that around that time they'll also finally give me the PC Kingdom Hearts series. Like there were rumors that they that they were planning on releasing. Kingdom Hearts 3 for PC in like two weeks from now, but I feel like I would have heard more about that, more buzz oh, no, about no, that no, if they, that was they released, they would They would have released like a trailer, because they yeah. need all the cash cows for this. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's too soon for them to do it. They won't do it close to Final Fantasy 7. Yeah, true. I bet you'll see it in May. If we have anything else game-wise to get onto, I really want to talk more about both of the games we went through. I know we've, I said a lot about 3, but I have a lot more to talk about 3. I'm That's why I'm, I'm just probably just going to make a video just so I can get all of my thoughts out. Other than 7, like I wouldn't even mind doing a spoiler cast with you, Ken, about at least 7. Because like, I know I know this is kind of a timber light episode anyway, but like we could just talk about the entire game at that point. Oh yeah, like no. A... Like when when you we'll, we'll talk about this off 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 the air, and we we can yeah. we can plan around it. Yeah. What I what I actually wanted to to mention real quick was just in our conversations today, and even in trends lately. I know that it's to appeal to a mainstream, but do you guys have any idea why it seems like? puzzles aren't cool anymore right like they are not a cool facet of game design in 2020 that and even even like even in remakes they they lop out games that were more puzzle heavy and even games that were known for being puzzle heavy have become puzzle light breath of the wild comes to mind when i say this because while it did have puzzles in its little mini dungeons it felt uh, significantly, like most of the puzzle work in that game was significantly uh, little brain compared to literally any other Zelda entry. So, do you have any thoughts on on this? Like, well, the first game that comes to realize is actually the other game that I wanted to talk about just just briefly, which was Persona Five Royal. They didn't lighten up any of the puzzles in those dungeons. Okay, fact, so it they, is. They added another puzzle for one of the dungeons. 
and I hated that. And they added new mechanics to add to the overarching mechanics that you learn throughout the game. Okay. So I guess so. it is alive and well in certain capacities. I just felt like I, I saw this trend with a lot of more recent games that were coming out. You know, Resident Evil 2 Remake and 3 both had this to, to varying degrees. Did it seem like they um, lopped on the puzzles in 7? Because I know it does uh, have a few. In in Final Fantasy 7? Yeah. Um, I don't think Final Fantasy is ever really puzzle heavy. Yeah, it's 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 not. Unless you're doing like... 14 or 11 unless you're doing like mmo it's not really like mechanics wise isn't really yeah i mean they were never they were never puzzle heavy but they always had like pretty distinct puzzle puzzle sections (laughs) right like final fantasy 10 had the whole shrine thing uh where you'd like (laughs) sucked that's why that stuff got removed from Final Fantasies because no one liked it. They're like, this is just tedious. Like, I just want to walk to the next cutscene. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> and I, I like think seven... that's a majority of it because people just don't have patience and time. Like, like for example, so I, for for Persona, I had to do this one dungeon, and I like to finish it all in one go. And doing the puzzles kind of gets in the way of trying to do it in one go Mm -hmm. and i kind of don't like that like for example i stayed up to close to three o'clock in the morning finishing one dungeon because i just do it in one go i I don't think jrpgs at least are very good genres to be puzzle heavy for every release whereas like things like horror games i think are better with puzzles because it uh gives you something to do instead of just being scared or like gives you a reason like oh if you mess up you'll die type of thing I just don't think RPGs are good genres for to be puzzle heavy most of the time. Yeah, like there, there's two dungeons. I'm I'm close to one of the ones that is like probably the most infamous out of all of them for Persona, and I'm I'm not looking forward Pyramid. to that. In fact, they they said that they added a new mechanic for that one, <laughs> so it's even. Is it longer. the pyramid? No, it's not the pyramid. It's the one after the pyramid. Okay, I never got that far. I stopped at Pyramid because I thought that was already terrible enough. Yeah, no, the, they get a little bit more annoying over time. But yeah, it's... And they added like this new thing where, oh, go collect these three things that adds, gets you a new item that actually is really good against the boss or gives you an extra ability, which is actually really good. I actually do really like what the improvements that they did overall. They learned from what they did from Golden. Let's just say that much. And it feels like a much more better version of 5 than what I was expecting. And the new character doesn't feel like Marie, does he? Or she's no, just no. Like... like, all the characters that they introduced as new confidants, they don't feel like adachi or Maria-fied. This just felt so like... Because, like, why is no one else, like, noticing any of this going on? Yeah. Because like, they didn't adjust the plot for that at all. No, they, in the beginning, I, I felt like that... That was the way that they were going to go because they sectioned off an entire section for all the new mechanics from mm. the beginning intro of that game. So introducing the new character for Katsumi and all that stuff. But then she's, she gets involved with a lot of the minor plots. So she's better integrated in the overarching story. Much better than what they did with Marie to the point that, oh, I can understand why she was added. And like for the other character too, the, the guidance counselor... It, I've been really enjoying my time, and they added a new thing, which is like the the television channels for the Vita for Golden, mm-hmm. which you can possibly just skip over. It's called the Thief Stand. It adds like a bunch of extra stuff that you can revisit all the cutscenes, 
all the music tracks, and they actually added a, a brand new mini game, which is a card game, which is pretty much like Crazy Eights. It's called Fortune. I think it's an actual card game. And you could possibly skip over that if you are just playing the game. There is a little menu for it, but you, it, it doesn't say, hey, you should go to this kind of thing. It's yeah, very, get a force tutorial for it. Yeah, they don't have a force tutorial for it. It it's interesting what they did overall, and like all the music that they redid for it is really good. That that's another thing for seven too. The redid score track was a fan freaking amazing. I love what Uematsu did for this. Oh, so they actually brought Uematsu back for the com- compositions yeah. on remake. Yeah. Is it he- the same songs redone in like orchestra, or did they make new songs? Orchestra. Both? Okay. But they did three different versions for it because they made a version that is low playing over in the background of the battle scene, one that plays higher when the battle comes, and then the clim- the climax of the song, too. Awesome. Yeah, his... I mean, Nobuo is a titan of video game music, so being able to actually hear those re reimagined... I mean, I, I already have heard them redone in some capacities have been to stuff like video games live where they did orchestral compositions of final fantasy 7 music and uh yeah i mean it sounded great but the the notion that it's in like the the real thing now it's pretty cool i think also just how big of a deal this game is is still something that takes time to get used to like i saw videos of like voice actors that participated in this like breaking out sobbing when they got to hear themselves be these characters that they most likely were already familiar with or you know they they know what final fantasy 7 is and what it means so mm-hmm. the fact that they're yeah, involved i think it was with the, the voice actress for Aerith posted that today on twitter or something like that like i think it was Aerith. Hearing, uh, yeah seeing cool. herself or hearing herself playing a character she loved as a kid or something like that well, we are going to do the uh, listener questions next. Um, these are all pulled from my Discord server. I'm Kyo, if you weren't sure whose voice this was that you're hearing. Um, if you go into my Discord server, there will be a link in the description below in the video. And if you're listening to it, just go and look on my uh, Twitter page, which has that as well. But um, these are in the Ash Kyo section. And we have a few today. Some of them I'm going to kick out just because if we're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII more next time, I'm going to save them for that because they're more like, now that you've played, now that you've finished this game. I'll wait until next time for those. Um, Get out of here, one, you Final Fantasy fans. First one that we have is from Chiri. He asks, who's hotter, Cloud or Carlos? And I'm going to say explicitly the remake versions. That's why I sent two pictures of the remake characters to our group. Oh, Carlos. Here. And yeah, Carlos. 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 That's just that's a no-brainer. That's <laughs> a no-brainer yeah. on that one. Now, if it was Jesse, no, I think I will... Yeah, yeah, if like, it was Jesse and Carlos, that would still be a very hard choice. Yeah, I yeah, think like, it would be like, very, very difficult. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like not, not, not knocking on Cloud, but, like, there are, you know, far nicer-looking women in that game than him, so... <laughs> uh, next question is from Sadop. Um Should RE3 be considered a remake or a remaster? A remaster implies they took the original game and just updated aspects of it. This is a complete from the ground up remake, which I honestly would call it RE3 Remix because yeah. it's it's more of a remix of ideas and parts of the game, but it's not a straight up remake either. RE2 is a more faithful remake, and this is after I just did a video saying that RE2 Remake is not a faithful remake. 
it's it's a two point five. It's 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 not even a remake or a remaster. It, it, it like I said earlier, it's it's Resident Evil remake two point five. From Puddin' Cup, what's a good age to stop kissing family members? I.e., my dad. Puddin' Cup is going to be thirty this year, so keep that in mind. I want to say um, I don't kiss my family members, and I haven't since I was a teenager, at least. What do you guys think? <laughs> There isn't an age limit on that, but I do come from a European background where it's a lot more accepted. Mm. I would say, I, I think the notion of stopping because of the way that you would be perceived or the way that you perceive it or think that it would be weird is foolish. Like, if you don't like doing it, then don't do it. But I, I wouldn't allow outside factors to change how you express your affection or gratitude to your family members uh, it's all down to like personal comfort right and like yeah what you like but me personally i don't like i don't even like people hugging me so sorry yeah, you, don't, you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't like hugs <laughs> like for for me i i never kissed any of my family members i've received kisses but i but that's because of where i live and that we're fairly fr- friendly state especially with family <laughs> members so it, it's just up to you like i i never kissed my family members even when i was a child so <laughs> all right um the next question we have i'm just gonna say these ones that are, i'm gonna kick off to next week one from chi after playing final fantasy 7 remake do you think it was a good decision to split them into three more games something to think about um, from Tsa, has Final Fantasy VII Remake strayed too far from the original with their design choices? Ooh. I, design, something... wise, design wise. Design oh, wise, I, I actually like the, the designs. Yeah. And it's core, very core gameplay wise, it's totally different. So I can definitely understand the sentiment that maybe it has, but I don't know. I, I like the Kingdom Hearts style of of battle i like random encounter battles too like the fact that there's kind of this strategy element to them but i also felt like the core elements of that in final fantasy 7 were rudimentary like some of the most quality of greatest quality of life improvements to the final fantasy combat system that actually made it palatable and enjoyable didn't really happen until final fantasy 10 where they started introducing just kind of adding complexity to that system I will say, if it wasn't in the style it is, I probably wouldn't have played as much as I have so far. I probably would have played a couple hours and then like gone back to it a little bit later. But since everything seems to keep moving, that was one thing I was worried about was pacing. You don't really stay in one place too long. Like you don't just sit in the hub trying to figure out how to respond or like how to like uh, move on. They will always say, "We're ready to go for the next thing. Come to me when you're ready to go." Like, they'll always just give you time to go do what you want in certain areas. Or, like, um, I was going on to, like, one area where there was um, a boss fight coming up, obviously. And Biggs is like, it's going to get rough after this. If there's anything you need to do, go do it right now. He's like, if you need to go hit the training thing or get some items and, like, you know, get some rest, do it before we head out from here. And you have, like, you're not rushed into doing it. So, like, they keep you going, but without, um, without, like, bottlenecking you too much. So this is kind of wild to look at. So I was just going to ask the question about what the game is like lengthwise. And I am it I think it's phenomenal to see that this remake, which is just episode 1 of the um uh, did they say how many episodes were going to be? Nope. Nope. No. So we have no idea, but so Final Fantasy 7 remake clocks in at 20 
29 hours for the main story compared oh, to yeah. it's compared it's pretty pretty chunky <laughs> yeah compared to the first game that was 37 and a half to get through the whole thing so this thing is almost the same length as the original game and is only a fraction of that game's content theoretically remember a lot of that's like doing side missions that didn't really exist before dialogue that you can't skip through the the text quickly because you're waiting for them to say it all out loud um, there's goodness. a lot of things that like pad out that time that timer without it being without it being too derivative from or or it just it's there's more in there with less amount of stuff or in some some way of what I want to say is there <laughs> yeah i mean you could stuff three dirty they, cerberuses they literally did less is more <laughs> with this with this process and i'm I'm really proud of that. I'm I'm so happy that everyone's actually really liking the game. That yeah. our fears weren't realized with it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I was wrong. But I'm very happy to be wrong. I did not want this. I didn't want cynicism to win. So, like, um, I'm still on the fence about where they're going from it, especially if... um. Yeah, I mean, the, I yeah, about we'll, we'll talk mo- about more about this when you get to that yeah. twist, and w- if you think if it, it was a good idea or not, because yeah, it's a, uh, it's uh, it's interesting, <laughs> it's super interesting. My concerns are still out there, right? There is still the concern, even if this is amazing and it was, that they won't have the steam to finish the rest of the episodes, but. If you're curious about some of my worries about the game, I'll have a video up that will be up before this comes up on Monday or whatever. Um, on Retro Stories, will be up on like Thursday, Friday. It'll have some of my concerns about going about how they're doing this for sure. But we'll talk more about this next time after we finish the game. I honestly didn't re- expect so many specific questions about Seven today, like this specific about it, because it hasn't been out long enough, in my opinion, to to touch them yet. But Everyone else already gotten through it before. Oh yeah, no, I I would have strayed away from it until next week at least, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. with the the couple questions that we I I saw in your ask kill stuff things. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, I wouldn't have touched upon that yet. <laughs> um, let's see. We have one more question. It was asking. I think we kind of already covered it. Also from Salop. Um. RE3 remake removed several areas like City Hall and the press office because the developers saw them saw that they saw served no purpose in the story, and were just included pad out playtime. Do we think this is a good idea or not? I don't think they. I think they cut out too much. So like areas like that would have been cool. I understand like if you only went to them briefly, but like so much is just gone. Like if they replaced it with other like substantial content, I wouldn't have a problem. But they didn't. Yeah, the clock tower is really surprising. That's a big a big miss. Give give me a a percentage amount of how much of the game is actually still there from from uh, original. Okay, let me write this down real quick. So let me just see. Well, I'm just trying to remember the areas. You go to RPD. Mm-hmm. You go to the and like I'm gonna say trolley is an area because that's how you do stuff. Trolley. Um, there's an office. There's the newspaper office. Uh, let's see what else. You have the gas station. Because you're trying to get, you're getting a bunch of parts to get the trolley together. Gas station. Um, you fight Nemesis in the in like a restaurant. Which some of that stuff is kind of included in the beginning a little bit, like in that one opening area. Uh, what else was there? 
Clock Tower. Clock oh, Tower. I was sad Park. about Barry. <laughs> I was sad about Barry. Barry, what about him? How how he died. That's not Barry. Oh, wh- um, which one that's is that? Brad. That's Brad. Brad. That's that's a helicopter pilot from the first game. Oh, the chicken, uh, the chicken was guy. Yeah. It's yeah, I'm, I'm sad area. about Brad. <laughs> So there is like just I'm probably missing some. There's like RPD which you go to. Oh, hospital, hospital as well, hospital. Um, there's RPD. There's a trolley which they've changed to a train. The office is gone. The newspaper is gone. The gas station is gone. The restaurant's like kind of there, but I mean it's there as much as it was in the original in a different way. Clock tower is gone. Park is gone. The underground area has been changed to Nest Two. Um, hospital's there, but you play it as Carlos. Same with RPD. You play that as Carlos. Um, the sewers, um, you do play in the sewers. The sewers are part of it. They're part of the underground a little bit, um, but they're not the same, and those are still present. So let's see, about one, two, three, four, five, six areas were cut. I'd say about two or three of them at least were main areas. Park, clock tower, underground water thing. I don't think the nest is a good replacement for the underground water part. And then also they cut, as far as like things, um, they cut Perpetual Nemi, like how he bid like Mr. X. Perpetual Nemi's gone. Um, Gravedigger is gone, who was a major boss because you fought them. So, would, would twice. you say like probably close to sixty to seventy percent? Then I'd say about at least fifty percent of the game is gone and replaced with either something else or just completely missing. Is so was that lab part of the game? Nest two, they basically just made a new area with repurposed areas from Nest one and like the and like RE two remake. There's a lot of reused content in there, and it's very simple. What it was, was you, if you got out of the park, you fell into an underwater, um, like a water treatment facility that was also another laboratory in a way, but it was completely different. Like it was puzzle heavy. Um, you fought a different version of Nemesis, like Doggo Nemesis is not in the original game. You fought Nemesis in his normal, like humanoid glory through most of the, like through the entire game until the final boss where you have, like, a Let's Shake-style boss fight where, like, you basically activate, like, a giant cannon and it automatically kills him. You just have to, like, get him to go in the area. Um, but they they added a new type of boss form for him, but then they just kept reusing it. They reused so much stuff, even within the game that was a bunch of reused content from the second remake. So it's, like, half of the original game, and then, like, like 80% of what's there is reused in RE2 Remake. So like content wise, it's it's a joke. It's a joke of a of a remake. This should not even have the number Resident Evil Three on it. It should not even be called Resident Evil Three, just because it has very little to do with Resident Evil Three. It's like it's like if they made RE Zero and they just said this is RE One now. We remade it as this. It has nothing to do with it, despite having characters that were in the original game. There is a. I mean, I don't have anything to substantiate this, but there is a high probability that they're going to try and add in cut sections as DLC in the future, potentially. But the I thing mean, is, I don't, I, I, don't, do it. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> there's like, there's only one period of time where Jill's knocked out that something could happen. Like they could have another Carlos section, but like Jill's knocked out for like eight hours, and that's the only time she's not conscious or on a straight line going somewhere. I mean, I could see like they do the the ghost survivor thing. Oh, I'm I'm sad about Kendo, by the way. I was I saw. I mean, Ken, that always gonna happen with Kendo. Yeah. Kendo was he's you just delaying the inevitable or uh, delaying the inevitable with him. 
Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, it's that guy from 2. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I think they could do a Ghost Survivor thing where you play as the, what's his name? Mikhail? Mikhail. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could do something as him. If but... they let you play as the um, UBCS people, like if you play as like Tyrell, um, Mikhail, oh, and... I, um... I, I, I would like to play as Tyrell. And who's the other guy? Nikolai. If you could play as those three characters, like, because they used to have a mercenaries mode where you played as them, and apparently the original game was supposed to follow them anyway. So, Mm. like, if they gave, like, us a story mode about what they were doing during it, I would be okay with that, as long as it wasn't like Ghost Survivors, because that was trash. That was a a DLC that was so bad, even though it was free, everyone said, we don't want it. (laughs) Everyone's like, we don't want this, no thank you. Mm, I see, I see. But, yeah. I guess um, that, that's that, about that's it for questions. for questions. Yeah, and I'll let you take us out here. Okay, do we have anything that we want to bring up before we kind of wrap out? Or um, at least on my end, I have a Final Fantasy VII centric episode of Retro Source that will be up by the end of the week. I've been a little bit behind because the game came out on a Friday. I had to wait for it to finish downloading, so like it might even be pushed off, like actually releasing on Friday itself. Um, I don't try. I like to keep myself to a schedule of like every other, like you know, every two Wednesdays. But this one has been a lot more of an undertaking because, like, if I would have done it for Resident Evil and Resident Evil Three was already out at that point, I would have been able to like it would have been delayed as well. So I have that coming up be up soon. Um, but that's really it for me as far as things to point out before we get to our self promotion. I have a big video that I'm working on about The Witcher. Uh, it is in development. The script for it and everything is done. I just need to get it recorded, which I haven't had a chance to do, but um, probably this weekend I'm going to make big strides on that and should have something in the next week or two, I think, uh, in terms of a release. And then beyond that, I've also changed uh, Ren Roulette to be a little bit more interactive, so that's going to be interesting to see how that goes on Thursday. Thursdays are the roulette days. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. And with me and my side, so we just did a anime opening and ending episode that is specifically going to be on our YouTube channel. So you guys can check more about that within the, the next week or two. It should be up. Yeah, there should be another... Interesting episode on our openings and endings for animes. Uh, We decided to talk about all the openings and endings, what our top five were of the course of winter 2020. So everything that aired from January to beginning of April. So look forward to that. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, I know it's kind of an awkward place to jump into a new topic, but did you get the invitation for... um... Did either of you get the invitations for watch parties yet? I don't know if that was... Everyone has it now. Okay, so it was a wide net. Yeah. You plan on taking advantage of that? Watching some stuff with your audience? As long as it doesn't affect my, like, viewer average type of thing. (laughs) You all watch me watch things, right? Right, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch Common Rider. (laughs) I watch Amazon's. Cut that all out. Cut all you could watch all of the next generation, but this time with Kyo's commentary about it. No, we'll all fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where can we find you, lovely chums? Let's start with you, Timber. Sure. So if you'd like to see more from me, I stream on twitch.tv slash TimberTapped. 
Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also find me on twitter.com slash timbertaft where I post my schedule along with random stuff. Uh, YouTube.com slash timbertaft is the main channel where I make all of my um, creative content, stuff like top tens, reviews, uh, cover songs and medleys. That's all there, and I highly recommend you check it out. As well as youtube.com slash gameplay, where I post my stream highlight reels for people to watch those if they don't want to dedicate two to three hours of their nights watching a full stream. Um, other than that, I think they covered all the bases. Yeah. So that's me. And you, Lou? Um, you can find me on almost everything as Kodu Hunter, which is easier to spell than it is to say. I'm on Twitch every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time playing either something retro, something weird, something horror, whatever I'm kind of feeling at the time. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. You can find me on Patreon, which is what pain or, uh, cut, cut that a little bit. You can also find me on YouTube. You can find me on Patreon, which supports this channel, supports Retrosaurus and Potosaurus. Hopefully soon we'll be able to have this all on like normal, you know, a normal download place for you guys to listen to it so you don't have to have it up on youtube or waste your data to listen to like just a large video but you can find me everywhere like that and uh yeah i guess before i have new retro source coming out end of the week please listen please watch it please watch it please watch it please and listen and or watch it and or do all of the above if you have a vr headset please live inside of it and you can find me on my japanese music-based podcast ongaku do you can find it on ogakadu.com and look it up on all the Twitters and the Instagrams. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at otyken1, which sorry ahead of time because my favorite voice actress is releasing a mini album, so I've been just retweeting every little thing about that above all and I think I lost two followers because of that, because they were just not ready for that. <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me at otyken1 on Twitter and yeah, with that I want to say thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Podosaurus. And yeah, bye-byes. Bye. Bye.